0: What's up, Cubs? Just sloppy as all fucking get out. Trapzilla City. Babe, I'm going to keep dancing on that bridge till the stars come home. And cheer up, babe. Fucking knocked it out (laughs) of the park, dude. What's up, Cubs? Welcome back to Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast episode 99. I am your host, VJ Julio. Happy birthday, America. Happy 4th of July. Listen, all other days... I'm just a normal sit, okay? Just a normal citizen roaming around these streets. But today, dude, today, give me a gun, all right? Fourth of July? Happy Fourth, of, happy birthday, America? I need a bald eagle on my shoulder. Stat, okay? I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're about. I don't care what your political beliefs are, okay? Today, we're posturing the fuck up. Posture up, slouching ass bitch. I'm not even sitting in a couch. I'm sitting in a nook. I'm sitting in a reading nook that was d- put into my house that I painted white. I painted it white because it was 1988 fucking panel brown. Okay, wasn't working. Wasn't working. So we got to give the we got to give the next buyers a clean slate. Not talking about painting. Not going into it. Not doing anything, no no house talk because it's adversely affecting some of you negatively and you're having dreams that I kidnap your family to help me with home renovations. And I'm not naming names, okay? I'm not saying who sent me what about that they're having kidnap dreams about me. I'm not naming names like that. Just know there's cubs out there that are sending me messages where I've... T- I'm so inherently pissed off about the home renovations that it's implanted itself into their psyche. And now when they drift off to a peaceful sleep, they don't worry about their own problems. They implant mine and then they dream that I sadistically kidnap their family in order to help the, m- me finish the house. Okay, you know what that tells me? That tells me one of two things: one, I got crazy fucking listeners. We should all be in fucking therapy at some in some capacity. And two, I'm talking about it too much. So we're not talking about that anymore. Happy birthday, America! Where's my semi-automatic? Now, is Fourth of July gonna drastically change this year in comparison to other years? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I'm not gonna let my kids have fucking roman candles yet. All right, bottle rockets will be next year. We're taking it east. I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. We're taking it east. We're not going crazy. Now, would they love it? Yeah. Would their mom? No. I probably wouldn't get my shit slapped around for like three weeks if I went and bought all the fireworks that I want to buy, but I'm also not going to. You know what I mean? It's the nature of life. It's the dynamic of the world. There's good and bad decisions in anything. Yeah, you can go buy your kids Roman candles when they're two years old and then potentially hurt themselves. And have for the fun of it and then ipso facto never get your dick touched again or you can get some snakes, you know, you can get some fucking gas station fireworks and pop rocks, not pop rocks. What are those called? Snaps? You know, the things that we're in the little bag and they're just little, little tiny balls. And if you throw them enough, it goes pop. They just pop. We got to look up what it is because that's going to drive me fucking insane. Party snaps. Set snaps. Dude. (laughs) The founding fathers are on my fucking side this episode, okay? The founding fathers are just fucking staring down from Mount Rushmore like, yeah, you go ahead and get episode 99 there, VJ. Let's go, dude. Snaps. So anyways, we're gonna get snaps. We're gonna chill. This is the day before the 4th of July. So happy 3rd of July. And... I have the day off, so I'm recording, and yes, it's a Monday today, but I'm releasing it on Tuesday because it's the 4th of July episode, and I just want to be at the 4th of July episode, even though we're only going to talk about the 4th of July the first five minutes, and then we're going to move on, but I got my drip on. I wear extra larges now because I'm not trying to ego pose on anybody. I'm not trying to be like, look how fucking big my biceps are in comparison to your biceps on a day-to-day basis like I was Two years ago, like we've had this conversation. You guys have followed me down this transformation, by the way, from the beginning of this podcast to now you guys have witnessed the transformation. If you paid attention, I've talked about it a few times. You know, it starts with, I want to dress like my little brother because he's got swag and I've never had swag. You know, also swag's not a word anymore. I, I want to dress no cap like it's bussin' bussin' or whatever the fuck they say now. Okay. No cap. Like it's Bussin' Bussin', even though I'm pretty sure Bussin' Bussin' can be food or pussy. You know what? I'm just out here throwing cunt, dude. (laughs) Serving cunt. Throwing cunt. (laughs) Fucking launching it. (laughs) By the way, that that was me snapping it off like a fucking Lego set. (laughs) The fact that the kids these days say serving cunt, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit on the fence about it, but I'm more on the, yeah, let's fucking do it because that word is so negative in American society, right? You go to Australia, the Aussies are throwing that around like they're talking to their best friends. I want a piece of that action, you know? The Brits are out there getting in street gang wars still, stabbing people for watches, but they're saying, blimey. Maybe, maybe they say blimey. I really tried to lean into it, then immediately stopped in my tracks. Blimey, you dirty cunt! Like you know, like you know that Hugh Jackman when he's talking to his friends says cunt, and that's like let's let's introduce like right now, for about forty-five percent of you, every time I say the word nails on a chalkboard. But let's take it back, you know, because the fucking fourteen-year-olds of the world are saying serving cunt when they have a cute outfit on, bro, when they are just wearing. Just something nice from the mall. They go, damn, girl, slay. And then the other one goes, right? And sticks her tongue out. I hate it. I hate it so much, but I do. I am down for taking that word back, you know? I got, I'm got. i in touch. Anyways, <laughs> Here's one thing. My daughters are never going to say, yeah, dad, I'm really serving cunt today. <laughs> Jordan and I dress up to go out for a date. Babysitter comes over. Gracie and Lottie are just on the couch. And Gracie goes, y'all are serving cunt. (laughs) Ah. Yeah, no, not in my fucking house, dude. Not in my fucking house. So I'm excited to buy the little kid fireworks tomorrow. Potentially some M80s. You know, like if mom has to go inside to go to the bathroom for a second. We're going to blow the the M80s out and we're going to blow some stuff up. But got to make sure that it's secretive. Happy birthday, America. Back to back, World War Champs. Don't fucking forget it and don't test it. Okay. Regardless of what social media makes us look like, there's still those of us that are going to answer the call when it's time to, when you decide to fuck around and it's time for you to find out. Okay. I'm only like this on the fourth, but I am like this on the fourth, baby. Like, I would never get an American flag tattoo because that seems kind of tacky. But if you catch me drunk on the 4th of July, let's get a chest piece. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. Okay? Today's the day. I'm going to drink beer that I never fucking drink because it's shitty. But I'm going to drink it on the 4th. I'm going to eat seven fucking hot dogs. And I'm going to scream at another dad in a park somewhere, dude. I just want to get shirtless and scream at another dad who's out of shape. At a fucking park somewhere tomorrow. That's what I want to do, dude. That's the American dream, and that's what it's all about. So, <laughs> mom, dad, you guys are serving cut today. <laughs> ah, shit, Gracie would say some shit like that, dude. I'm, I'm, it's happening, okay. My girls, they're turning into what I'm. They're on the right track for what I'm hoping for. From a posture up, posture up, real quick. Every time I feel myself slouch, I'm gonna remind you. Posture up, babe, slouching ass bitch. Fucking old Notre Dame looking ass bitch. So I want, let's talk about the fundamentals, okay? I want them to be competent. I want them to be confident. I want them to always say what they feel like they need to say and not hide that for any reason. I want them to be smart. And I want them to know that they are worth something. That's the big five, okay? I want them to know that they're important, okay? That's it. All in all wrapped up. Step one of that is social interaction is a great indicator of whether or not your kids are going in the right direction. Now there's respect. You treat other adults and stuff with respect, but by no means do you have to do certain shit. Like in my house, if my girls don't want to give you a hug and a kiss or whatever, or like, like even if you're family and it's like, all right, we're leaving. And it's like, Hey, give them a hug. And The girls are like, no. Be like, okay, they don't want to give you a hug. Peace. Right? Right? That's how it is in my house. Okay? My girls, regardless if it's from them being overtired or not, we're not going to disrespect their decision because no is a full sentence. Right? Right? And that mainly has to do with physical contact, but whatever, we're getting into the semantics here. Like, if they tell me no when it's time to clean up, it's like, nah, bitch, you're cleaning up right fucking now, you know? And I won't say it like that. I just say it to the Cubs like that. I don't say it like that. Obviously, that would be problematic. We have awesome neighbors in this house. It's like the main reason that I'm not, that I'm a little bummed out about leaving, you know? It's the main reason is the neighbors. Like, our neighborhood is fantastic. Our house is great, the neighborhood's fantastic. And our neighbors are red. Our neighbors are older. So, our neighbors, for example, our neighbor's daughter is 20 and she's who babysits the kids. So, that gives you an idea on the age of our neighbors. Okay. So, they're like old school dads. I'm not saying they're like necessarily, they are, they're Fox News dads, but I'm saying like, They're that like poke and prod type of dad where it's like, (laughs) and they just fucking poke at you regardless of the comfortability level of the kid where it's like, oh, tickle, tickle, tickle. Meanwhile, she hasn't made eye contact with you since you came over and she's been hiding behind my leg. Like they poke and prod, you know, they get the kid to like interact with them regardless if the kid wants to interact with them. Right. So that's their vibe. And I saw Gracie do something. I was sitting. So Jordan and I are sitting on the lawn chairs. Neighbors come over because it's Minnesota. And one thing you need to know about Minnesota is your backyard is everybody's backyard. So if someone's out in their backyard, the whole neighborhood gathers together. And that's just how it is. That's one thing that I had to get very, very comfortable with. But that is how it is. So Jordan and I are sitting in the back. The girls are playing in the pool. Not like an in-ground pool. Relax. That ain't me. I ain't got that kind of money yet. But they're playing in their little pool. And they got their little trampoline they're just playing in the backyard having fun and neighbors come over we're bullshitting and stuff and the other neighbor comes over we're all talking now it's a fiesta and we're just all talking and chilling so the guy neighbor whose daughter babysits the kids is obviously like we see him we talk to him three times a week like we talk to him all the time our girls are comfortable with him like it's all good so he comes over and he does the game right now gracie Gracie's standing there, and he holds out his hand for a high five, you know, and she, like, she smiles, that was the one thing that I didn't like, she, like, smiled, like, got excited, because she fucking loves high fives, dog, get that connection, you know, so she goes to give him a high five, and he goes, too slow, and then he puts his hand back out, and her smile kind of drops a little bit, but then it picks right back up when he has his hand back out, and she goes to high five him, and he goes, Too slow, and her face drops, and she entered this mode of seriousness that was so immediate. I'm gonna give you the entire cadence of the talk right now so that you know how in touch with what she wants to say she is. That was the most proud dad moment of all time. Okay, so, too slow. Too slow. I don't play those games. Just stone-faced, Hands came together at her waist, like time to make a point. This emotionally inarticulate fuck, time to make a point. I'm saying that that's what she felt. That's not how I feel about him. That's how she felt. She brought her hands together, time to make a point. I don't play those games, and I was like, oh, oh, like out loud in my chair, oh. And he turns around and he looks at me and he was, and. Looks at me kind of like half smiling like, did she really just say that, you know? And I just nodded at him like, yeah, yeah. What did I want to do? Wanted to fucking scoop her up, walk off and be like, yeah, fuck you, Mark. (laughs) Eat a giant bag of dicks, dude. She didn't like that. Now you know that. How about that? I don't play those games. Just like she's freaking 15 years old. I don't play those games. (laughs) I'm either raising a very, very intelligent, emotionally intelligent and articulate little girl or a sociopath. And I'm here for either avenue. Okay, I'm here for either avenue. Now, Lottie, she's still younger. She still gets into that. Like when she's shy, daddy up and I pick her up and she buries, you know, she's in that phase. But dude, when she's in her comfortable state, she's me okay? She's me in all of the good ways and all of the bad. She is me in a one-year-old form, bro. She is like, let's just throw some examples out there. If I'm walking through the house, do I bump into most things with, with no care? Like if something's on the ground and I hit it with my foot, do I hesitate or do I just keep walking and now that thing is skittering across the living room, right? If something is slightly protruding out into a walking path, do I just run through it with my shoulder without even giving it a second thought? Yeah, that's me. You know, you could be bull in a china shop. My wife calls it unaware of my surroundings. I call it, this is where I'm going, move, okay? That's me and that is my Lottie K. That's my Lottie K to a fucking T? The little girl has as much spatial awareness as me. She has great body awareness, which I also have, which is why I was a good wrestler and couldn't catch a baseball. That's why I got the fake tooth in the front of my mouth. Now, she catches bouncy balls like crazy, so she has good hand-eye coordination. But but, but more so the body thing. Like, her and Gracie wrestle. I wrestle with her. I wrestle with my girl's hard as shit. I'm fucking... I spin them and throw them, and they always, boom, land athletically and pop into a powerful position. They're just athletes, dude. Their body awareness is through the charts. Spatial awareness, not so much. Does Lottie trip 17 times a day? Yeah, before lunch, dude. Before lunch. And it, Jordan's like, geez, Lottie, watch where you're walking. I'm like, first of all, her belly is too big for her to see the floor right where her feet are. All right? Second of all, she's got places to be. That's where she's going, and that's, that's the direction. Okay. Can we walk around the table or can we move the table slightly to beeline it? We're going to move the table slightly to beeline it, dude. And that's my daughter. And I, dude, I see so much of my characteristics and personality in that little girl. Oh, now she, she is our troublemaker. Okay. Gracie, from the time that she was a baby, always had that one part of her personality where it's like i want to make you happy right like there's that side of her personality so so disciplining her and stuff is relatively easy because you just be like no don't touch that let's try this and she'd be like okay you know it's like cool yeah i'm down lottie could give less of a flying shit could give less of a fuck. Be like lottie no and she smiles at you you know she She pushes you to the point where you have to discipline her. She pushes you to the point where you have to get mad or else she won't respond. Okay, That's where we're at right now. We're at that contentious age right where she's turning to two. She doesn't know a shit ton of words yet, so she's not going to communicate with you very well. But she knows every single thing you're saying, and she's being contentious because she wants to know right where that line is. And here's a little fun fact. As a parent, your job is to never move that line. That line needs to be solid. You can move it back. You can move that line into a sharper discipline, especially if you've learned that that line of discipline causes them to act out more. You can move that line back. Don't ever move that line forward and give them more room because you're tired or you just don't want to deal with that that day. That line has to stay, stay solid, Okay. Now that's just a little side. That's just a little side anecdote. You take that, you put that in your back pocket for when your kids get to that point, or you have kids. And some of you already know that. Some of you have been like, or some of you are listening to that right now and going, Ah, that's where I fucked up. Definitely fucked that up. Definitely cracked into the wine at ten forty-five in the morning, and was just lazy that day. And then that carried on for the next seven months. It's fine, dude. We're all figuring it out. And she's so. She's just explosive. Lottie is just explosive and aggressive. Like, Gracie was like, what's that? You know, we have the little sound drops and stuff. With Gracie being a sweet little girl, Lottie's, what's that? Like, hollers at you. Like, even if you're looking at her and you're engaging with her, she'll look at you and go, what's that? And I'm like, that's a car. And once you tell her what it is, she smiles and goes, oh. And she'll say it back, like, shoes. Oh, dude, Lottie's saying shoes is my favorite stuff. I'll be like, Lottie, go get your shoes. And she'll grab them, and she'll go. She scrunches up her whole face, dude. She's been all facial expressions since the jump, and it hasn't changed. It's only gotten better. Scrunches up every muscle in her body. Everything. Her nose is the center point, right? Her eyes come to it, and her lips go up to her nose. And she goes, shoes. <laughs> and i'm like yeah those are shoes dude (laughs) let's put them on and if you ask her a question it's not yes it's not okay it's not yeah it's yeah like everything's at a fucking thousand lottie do you want to go outside yeah scrunches her whole fucking face and i dude I love that girl so much and she's so fucking round and cute it's trouble it's trouble like she was testing Jordan one day and then I was talking to Mary our neighbor the next day and Mary was like she's the one that's gonna be a handful I was like oh I'm already fully fucking aware of that and Lottie was walking around in her diaper and I go Lottie are you a troublemaker? And she goes, Yeah. And, was, and Mary was like, Oh my! I was like, Yeah. See, she knows I know. Everybody's on fucking board. We're all on the same page. So, anyways, I got philosophical last year. We're gonna get into our the results of the uh, of my um, understand myself personality traits quiz here in a second. But I did want to have a few, I have a few follow ups from last week. Like I got some messages after because I guess I got I got kind of off the rails and went a little philosophical last, last week. And uh, got a little off the rails in terms of like deep diving into how my brain thinks about thoughts. That's a weird way to say it, but it's right. You know, like when I have a thought, I have to analyze the thought. So therefore, I'm thinking about thoughts. See, fucking explain myself out of a fucking corner. All right, you're all on board. You're all on the same page as me. So posture up. Um, I got like philosophical. Dude, got a got a text from my little brother that said. sound like Socrates in this week's episode. First of all, you've never read a single sentence of Socrates other than a misquoted meme quote, okay? Like, obviously, if you think that I sounded like Socrates, never read Socrates before. I have maybe 2% of that intellect, you know, which is a stretch. I appreciate it. And then I had a coworker come up to me and explain to me why uh, she thinks that homeless people, homeless people, that's not fair to say, people that need money always point out to me for money. I was, you know how I mentioned that last week? And she was like, you kind of just walk around with a smile on your face. Like you just go through life with like a passion and that's like an engaging thing to be around. So it attracts people to you. So when people see you walking, they don't see you as like a guy that's like, Oh, stay away from that guy. You they, You just seem like a happy guy. And I was like, first of all, don't know how to take compliments. Okay. Especially in purse, dude. In person, compliments, get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face because it's the same color as my shirt is right now. Like, go away. I don't know how to handle this. Th- I don't know how to... Th- Thanks. Thank you. And it was a very humbling thing to say. That made... That sentence made me feel really good about myself. So thank you. I appreciate it. Now get the fuck out of my face. I can't look at you in your eyes. Okay? Because I'm uncomfortable. All right? Don't try to make me feel better about myself than I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got into... Masculinity, right? And I was just asking, I was just inquiring, like, what do you guys want out of a man? Okay, where I was like, do you want a guy who's just weak and a pushover? Like, we got into all that, right? I was like, no, you want a guy that's capable, but but honors his capabilities through emotion, emotional intelligence, and like love and respect. But he's also capable of dist- Like, there's this. There's this idea where it's like the virtue comes from having a sword and knowing how to use it, but keeping it sheathed. And like, that's that's what we were getting into. Right. And then a cub said, what you're describing is a man who's written by a woman. And I said, I don't know what the fuck that means. And she said, look this up. She said, look, she said, Google Jamie Frazier on Outlander. So what I did is I went to YouTube and now we're going to look at this and we're going to get an idea of what written by a woman means. And we're going to judge whether or not it's correct. We're going to judge whether or not this is actually, because this video is called 300 seconds of Jamie Frazier. And I don't think that we're going to watch 300 seconds. Cause how many minutes is that? 300 seconds. How many was the 60s? Oh, it's five minutes. Jesus. That wasn't difficult to figure out. should took way too long, dude. But Jamie Frazier off of the show Outlander is apparently, quote unquote, what the ladies would describe written by a woman. And that is essentially what I was describing in last week's episode that I was not knowledgeable enough to articulate to you. Like, I didn't know that there was a phrase for it. And let's see. Let's see. Now, from the jump, just this still... I see a guy basically with a mullet from the 1800s and a, and a cloak over his chest, and he's smirking, all right? I get confident but douchey energy from the main stuff. Let's not judge based off of a picture, because this has video capabilities. That's Fraser. Didn't understand what James he said. James Alexander Malcolm McKenzie Fraser. James Alexander Malcolm McKenzie Fraser. I mean, shorten it. You know That's a mouthful Maybe that's what girls want <laughs> Take that however you want dude You want a mouthful <laughs> You don't look that heavy Now if you won't walk I shall pick you up And throw you over my shoulder You need not be scared of me Nor anyone else yet So long as I'm with you Protective What does that mean? brown haired lass. Flirty. That's too loud to kiss like that. So there was a virgin? No, monk. Virgin. <laughs> Badass capable of fighting. So, what we got from that is it needs to be a mouthful. That's step one. And then he needs to be dangerous, flirty, protective. But then there was also that there was also that air of like he needs to be a lion that you can tame, right? He needs to be a lion that you can tame. I'm sure that this progresses. I'm sure it progresses and it turns into his love, his love for her is so transcendent that he goes through fire and flames in order to protect her and be with her. Right? I don't even have to whole, watch the whole show, which is probably fucking 18 seasons. And each episode is an hour and a half long, and I don't even have to watch the show because that's how their story pans out. And they're in love, and they go through trials and tribulations, but they go through it together. And all the while, he protects her and loves her, and his love is undying. Maybe at some point there is a, I'm just guessing here, there is a notebook situation where she leaves him but his love remains true and he never fought he still builds the house for her in the in the woods he still builds the cabin in the woods for her for her return what do you want you know that whole thing and that's a guy written by a woman all right and that's all you're after you're looking for a dangerous lion that you can tame who's emotionally intelligent enough to not be controlling or abusive i fucking now let's look up what urban dictionary says written by a woman is the phrase written by a woman is mostly a applied to men who are literally God sent. They are respectful, handsome, and wonderful in any way. Not homophobic, racist, etc. These type of men are the most beautiful beings to exist. Okay? That is just the most broad stroke of all time. I mean found the biggest paintbrush in the fucking collection. And just they're just great. Hey, will you explain to me in detail what written by a woman means? You are the dictionary, so I need a Definition of what this is. They're great. They're great. And they also don't hate gay people or black people or Asian people if they're white. Okay. Seems like pretty low parameters for it. They're just wonderful. They are, quote, most beautiful beings to exist. Oh, and they're handsome, too. It's a mouthful. Okay. So, well, at least now we know. At least now we understand what written by a woman is. Let's get into the personality traits, dude. Did y'all take it? I know one of you did. Shout out Ashley. But understandmyself.com, I did my personality trait assessment. Yes, I just pulled it out of a manila envelope, and I'm holding it with paper like I'm fucking 76 years old. Okay? I'm old school like that, babe. I'm old school like that. In reality, I knew that my computer was going to be lower. And I wanted to have it readable right here so I could stay close to the mic. Now I'll give you just a brief over, just a a quick reminder on what this was. So this was a personality assessment because what we're doing here is we're trying to learn how we behave based off of our personality traits. We're trying to figure that out. And if you have no idea on how you are, I have a slight idea on how I am, but I'm still trying to learn and improve and put myself on a life path that will continue that way exponentially as i go through time fucking vocab test up here so the understand myself personality assessment is report and report is based on the big five aspect scale the scientific model that describes your personality through the big five factors in each of their two aspects this report describes where you stand in comparison to others in general population on these traits and aspects now agreeableness and agreeableness is broken down into two categories, compassion and politeness. I would assume before I took this test that I would be high in agreeableness. I would think that. You would think that. But turns out I'm typical or average in agreeableness. I scored a 43 on agreeableness. Agreeableness is a very complex trait with marked positive and negative elements all along its distribution because of this higher scores and lower scores need to be explained at the same time people high agree in agreeableness are nice compliant nurturing kind naively trusting and conciliatory however because of their tendency to avoid conflict they often dissemble and hide what they think well that makes sense that i'm in the middle there because i'm not too much of either of those things you know, I mean, yeah, if I'm in a social situation that I don't really care how it goes, I'm going to fucking agree all day. Be like, you know what I hate? I'm just going to be like, yep, 100%. God, people just need to be more understanding. Yeah, totally, dude. I'm too tired for this conversation. Or these people are moving in and ruining our society. Yep, 100%. I do not have the capacity to argue with you right now, dude. But outside of that, I'm pretty much like, nah. I don't rock like that. My compassion is moderately high, a 61, and my politeness is moderately low, a 26. Let's read about this. We're gonna read about the low ones or the aggressively high ones, but none of them have been aggressively high yet. People who are moderately low in politeness are not particularly differential to authority, nor are they marketedly obedient. Yeah, fuck you, Mark. I don't play those games. <laughs> They can be respectful, but only to people who clearly deserve it, and they are willing to push back when challenged. They are not particularly uncomfortable confronting other people. Facts so far. Women are higher in politeness than men. The mean percentile for women in general is 59. For men, it's 41. And I'm what? Motherfucking 26. Eat my entire dick. Conscientiousness. I am also average in conscientiousness. That's a 45. Conscientiousness is a measure of obligation, attention to detail, hard work, persistence, cleanliness, efficiency, adherence to rules, standards, and processes. Conscientious people implement their plans and establish and maintain order. The two, abs- the two aspects of conscientiousness are industriousness and orderliness. Wow. I mean, yeah, I would say I'm right in the fucking middle of that also. I mean, clearly, right? That's what the score says. I'm right in the middle. But I would, I'm saying I agree. I'm saying I agree to that. Individuals who are typically conscientious do not react too negatively to failure. They can let themselves off the hook and tend not to be too judgmental about their own faults. Facts. I'm perfect. They will suffer some shame and guilt when unemployed or otherwise unoccupied, particularly when that occurs through no fault of their own. Yeah, that's facts. Okay. Industriousness. I'm a 73. There's 100 people in the room. I'm more industrious than 72 of them. All right? That's a way to put it in perspective. Okay. Okay. Moderately industrious people are reasonably likely to be successful in school and administrative and managerial positions, particularly if they're intelligent. They don't live to work, however, and do not always have to, do some, have to be doing something useful. They are genuinely quite dutiful, however, and tend not to put things off or mess them up. I mean, so far, this thing is making me feel pretty good about myself. Now, orderliness, low. Okay. I'm a 20 in orderliness. People low in orderliness are not disturbed or s- upset or disgusted by mess, disorder, and chaos. They simply don't notice such things, or if they do, they don't care. They see the world in shades of gray, not in black and white, and are very non judgmental and devil may care in their attitudes towards themselves and others. That's fucking sick, dude. You got to take this test, dude. You got to take this test. Now, extroversion. Let's take a guess at what I was an extroversion. Was I high in extroversion or was I low in extroversion? Let's just take a stab in the dark, okay? I was a 93, okay? I'm a 93 in extroversion. People with very high levels of extroversion are very enthusiastic, talkative, assertive in social situations, and gregarious. I don't know what gregarious means, but I'm always down to learn a new word because I'm constantly tre- gregarious, fond of company, sociable, yeah, if it's the right ones, if it's the right company. Well, no, if it's a big group of people, I'm I'm cool with that too. Just as long as the people are chill. Okay. People who are uncommonly extroverted have a very difficult time keeping to, things to themselves and tend to tell everyone everything. Well, just point that fucking flag right at me. By the way, these I'm like I'm like skipping out. There's like five paragraphs Per portion. So you get like a full fucking breakdown. I'm just like reading the top sentence of like every other paragraph just to kind of skim over this. We don't need to spend two and a half hours on this. Enthusiasm. Can you take a stab? 86. As high as a motherfucker. Okay. Individuals who are high in enthusiasm are excitable, happy, and easy to get to know. You guys basically know everything about me at this point. You know who I am to my core. You're having dreams about me. Because you know that I'm going through a fucking stressful time. <laughs> they will talk rapidly about everything. Wow. Wow, dude. Okay. They don't keep people at a distance and keep a little private. They're positive and optimistic. They're warm up they warm up quickly to other people. They like and sometimes crave stimulation. I mean, yeah. Excitement, activity, and fun. You can stimulate me shit my shit anytime. Okay, assertiveness. I'm a 92 in assertiveness. Now, that's high. That's high. Like, that's one thing that I... Yeah, it's... For me, it's so situational. Like I said, if I don't give a fuck about something going on, I'm not going to be assertive at all. Run the conversation. That's fine. Now, if I care... And I also, I guess also if I care about you. So that kind of circles into my compassion side, right? Like, I'm a 43 or whatever it is. Like, I care about people and authority if they deserved it. And once you're in that circle, yeah, dude, I'm going to be very assertive with you because I think that you're going to be fucking up in certain situations and we need to talk about it. You know? Like, we're always going to talk about it if there's something that needs to be talked about. So I guess that's right. 92 is crazy high, though. Very assertive people are take-charge types. They put their own opinions forward uncommonly strongly and tend to dominate and control social situations. Yes, yes, but also couple that with the last one. A fun one you know like i like to tell jokes and, and center of attention uh, what is it extroversion i like to be i'm extroverted so i'm very happy and i'm talkative and i'm silly fucking willy goose and then i'm also extremely high in assertiveness which means i don't care if you want to hear my jokes or not <laughs> i don't care if you want to hear me talk or not you're gonna hear me talk okay They have the communication style that is often associated with leadership. That's a nice little compliment to me. This is good when they're knowledgeable, competent, and able, but not so good when they aren't. Assertive people are people of action. They don't wait for others to lead the way, but leap in heedlessly. They can be impulsive in consequence and can act without thinking. Mind your business. Neuroticism. Now, neuroticism, I'm a four. I'm a 4 in neuroticism. That's what this calls exceptionally low. And this can be boiled down to one sentence and it's the best way to describe me in general. And it's the, I would say the leading reason as to why my wife and I work so well together. This one, right fucking here. Neuroticism, I'm a four. People with exceptionally low levels of neuroticism virtually never focus on the negative elements, anxieties, and certainties of the past, present, and future. Now, when I'm telling stories and jokes on this podcast, yeah, obviously for the sake of the bit or for the sake of the story, I'm going to amp up the emotional toll that it is taking or that I'm worried about, right? Mics off. I'm just existing. Nothing really gets to me about the what if. Like, what if in the future? Like, oh, this mo- Like, moves. People say that moving is like, what, the most stressful thing, behind death or some shit like that. There's a statistic out there. Read it. So, posture up. I'm saying like. I don't, I'm not worried about how it's going to play out because I believe that it's going to play out just fine because of who we are as people. Because of my work ethic and my goal-setting ability and my ability to chase those goals with an obsession, I don't see how anything really could not pan out. I think it's going to be fine. A four is wild, though, dude. A four is wild. It is extremely rare for them to face periods of time when they are unhappy, anxious, and irritable unless facing a serious, sustained, complex problem. Even under the latter conditions, they cope remarkably well, very rarely worry, and recover extraordinarily quickly. They always keep their head in a storm, and they never make mountains out of molehills. And that is why my wife and I work so well together. I'm the juxtaposition to her anxiety. And her and I talked about this after we got this report back. Where it's like, yeah, you know how important it is for me to be a four on neuroticism, but also how important it is for you to also probably be high in neuroticism and to have those anxieties and those worries and those stresses? You think about those. I bring them down to size. So, like, evenly or together, we make it into something manageable. It's it's a big giant in her head. It's nothing in mine. So I talk her giant down to size and then it is something manageable. But she also is the one that points out the fact that this needs to be paid attention to. This needs to be something that is in our sights, so to speak. Whereas I was like, I didn't even, I wasn't even think about that. I, didn't, I don't, I don't worry about stuff like that. Well, it needs to be worried about, and I'm worried this much about it. Okay. I understand that it needs to be worried about it. Let's focus on it, but let's focus on it realistically. It's not that big. Let's size it down. Perfect fucking relationship right there. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, withdrawal, dude. This is one of the factors of neuroticism. I'm a two. Two, dude. Individuals that exceptionally low in withdrawal suffer... Virtually never suffer from or are impeded by anticipatory anxiety. Anxiety, Jesus, stuttering. They can handle new, uncertain, unexpected, threatening, or complex situations extremely well from the emotional perspective. They are extremely unlikely to avoid or withdraw in the face of the unknown and expected. A two, dude. (laughs) This is very, very confident. Now, volatility. I would say that this was almost inaccurate because, but then, but then I second guessed it. So, volatility, I'm an 11. And I was like, I feel like my emotions can be a little bit more volatile th- than that. And I asked Jordan, and she said, Not since you've been a dad. Oh! So, when I was a little bit more of an immature douchebag who cared more about myself than the people that I was taking care of, I was higher in volatility for sure. Like I could fly off the fucking handle. Like if something irritated me, I just get pissed at it. You know? Now, my hearteth opens. But I'm gonna, They rarely express their frustration, disappointment, and irritability and appear reasonable when they do so. Now, That's not fair to y'all because, as I've said before, you guys are my therapy session. This is where I talk about the stuff that's been bugging me. (laughs) So you guys are like, "Uh, pretty sure he complains about 30% of the time. Pretty sure he's whining about something about 30% of the time. Maybe he should be a 70 in withdrawal or whatever the fuck this is. What is it? What's this one? Volatility. But that's not fair. That's not a fair assessment because you guys don't know who I am. (laughs) Openness. I'm a 78. You're high in openness, which is the primary dimension of creativity, artistic interest, and intelligence. I mean, your boy be painting. Until this house crashed it down. Some things definitely fucking change. Like how my openness score should probably not be a 78. Because I don't like painting anymore. They are highly interested in learning and continually acquire new abilities and skills. I'm trying to juggle. I'm trying to pick up juggling. Intellect. Moderately high. Note, do not confuse the personality aspect of in- intellect with IQ. Intellect is a measure of interest in abstract ideas, essentially, while IQ is a measure of processing speed, verbal ability, working memory, and problem-solving capacity. It is better measured with a formal IQ test. With that note, I have a 72 intellect. People moderately high in intellect tend to be quite interested in ideas and abstract concepts. They often enjoy being confronted with novel information, even when it's complex. They tend to be more curious and exploratory than average and frequently like to tackle and solve problems. Aesthetics, moderately high. 75 in aesthetics. I don't really know what this one means. Generally speaking, a person's aesthetic score reflects their creativity. People who are moderately high in aesthetics find beauty important. Without an outlet for their creative ability, they may have some difficulty thriving. They like art or beautiful crafts. I took an acting class, and it changed my whole life. All right? It was so creative and fun. Side note. They often enjoy collecting. Yeah. Ass. They are compared. <laughs> I'm so fucking stupid. They, they are more sensitive to color and architectural form. They often enjoy collecting. They are comparatively imaginative and may daydream and reflect on many things. Oh, that's an understatement. That's the personality exam. If you guys want to take yours, it's understandmyself.com. No, I'm not. Fuck, this is just like how we go through things. All right, babe, we find a thing that's bothering us. We find an outcome. The outcome on this is let's get to know ourselves a little bit better. Go to understandmyself.com. Try it out. Try it out. And I'll just do a quick last-minute wrap-up on that. My overall scores. Agreeableness, 43. Extroversion, 93. Conscientiousness, 45. Openness, 78. Neuroticism, 4. I'm going to get a 4 tattooed on my neck. And now let's do some advice. Scroll. Oh, by the way, this is the unqualified dad advice section of of the show. If you're just tuning in, if you would like to post your own advice question, you can go to Reddit and we have a subreddit there called Unqualified Dad Advice altogether. Just search for Unqualified Dad Advice, all one word, and then you can make a post in there and ask an advice question and I will answer it on the pod. That's how you can do that. Right now we're on Reddit. We're going to scroll. We're going to stop. Stop. Dad found a vape in my car. Stop vaping. Just in general. For so many reasons, but you don't need another one other than you look like an asshole. (laughs) Okay? Also, I would almost rather smell cigarettes at this point than unicorn jizz fucking juice. Okay? All the fucking dudes that I work with vape. And I'm just like, you guys smell like bitches. Like, there was that, like, undertone. Like, cigarettes are disgusting. They stink. They stink. You know, they blacken your lungs. They're fucking gross. But there was that undertone of like manliness that went along with it because I fall for marketing and cowboy smoke, all right? And there is about 33% of me in my soul that is a fucking cowboy, all right? I went on a couple cater drives when I was an early teen. Don't worry about it. But then it's like you're sucking out of a baby dick purple and then chucking a cloud that smells like a peach and a pineapple fucked each other and I'm like, you look ridiculous, dude. You look ridiculous. So just don't vape. Also the health things. Let's see. This dude's dad's 50. Oh, and this is a 20 year old chick and they've been butting heads recently. It has come to a head as he found a wrapper of vape in my car. He sent a picture of the wrapper in my family group chat asking who it belongs to, to which I replied, it's mine. This was two days ago and he has no longer spoken or looked at me. He has said to my brothers that we have brought that we have brought her up and she's putting all that shit in her lungs. Truth being told, I bought the vape to try it and it made the roof of my mouth sore, so I chucked it and one of my drawers, and it's been unused since, other than when I was trying to do donuts, lol, I tried to explain this to him, and he wasn't having any of it, my issue with it is, when my younger brother was 14, we found a vape in his room, and my dad didn't give half the reaction he is giving now, yeah, because boys are stupid, all right, it is a double standard, all right, boys are dumb, we're stupid, dude, okay, So it's like, as a parent, you expect your son to do stupid shit. Now, is that fair? Not really. But we have a higher standard for our daughters because you're our daughters. You represent so much potential and, you know, there's an innocence aspect there. Like, you're his little girl, all right? You're always going to be his little girl. It's hard for a dad to not see you as his little girl. So it's like when you're doing stupid adult shit it's harder. All right. It's just harder. And it just is what it is. You're always that little girl. It's like boys, they're trying to rush to growing up so that they can be like a man about things. Right. Which has to come with a certain level of intelligence and discipline and self respect and work ethic and that kind of stuff. And it's like the girl, you want to raise your girls in that exact same way, but in your heart, they're that little girl that just like wants that you would just carry around the house. So yeah, the reaction is gonna be worse. He'll get over it, okay? And you just gotta tell him, Dad, I'm not your little, I'm not a little girl anymore. Oh, when the, when my daughters tell me that they're not my little girl anymore, I'm gonna be like, fuck you, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a double edged sword, but it's like your, I don't know. I see like your mom is going to be because your mom had your life experience for lack of a better way to put it, like it's like your mom was a little girl who was a teenage girl who then was an adult girl and your dad never had that life experience. So watching a little baby girl grow from a baby to an adult, that's his first time experiencing it. And there's certain sections throughout that lifespan where you're like, this is the best thing that i've ever seen and you want to keep that and you keep that in your heart you take that and you hold it in your heart and you, but your mom you know she was those things so she knows when she turned 14 that she started being a shithead and then she knows that after she graduated high school she was going to go buck wild and get railed by a football team and all that kind of shit right she went through those life experiences so she knows what to expect as you grow up your dad doesn't know what to expect. So every time you do something that's stupid and older, like an like an adult decision, it hits us harder, okay? He'll chill out. You'll be able to talk to him. You also have to, one thing that I'm going to try to focus on with my girls too is as they get older, we are going to have The apt level of discussion as the age they are. Like, I want to know, uh, I want to know about their lives and their emotions and their feelings as they're getting older so that I don't get caught off guard when suddenly they're 18. You know? So it's like, you just need to maybe just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have advice for you on that because your dad will get over it. It's fine. It's just another one of those hits. Those hits that hit dads where it's like they're getting older and I don't want them to get older. That's my little girl. It's tough. Next one, found a guy I started talking to on Tinder has a wife. Of course he does. I bet fucking 40% of dudes on Tinder have wives and or girlfriends, right? Because y'all just stay fucking. Everybody just stays fucking, right? Who cares what sanctity is anymore, right? Fuck culture, baby. Get in, get off, get out, all right? I'm not tying myself down to anybody. All right, I'm getting awfully pessimistic about that. I started thinking about my daughters growing up, and it made my heart sad, okay? So I'm sorry. I got derailed there for a second emotionally. The silliness left my body just a little bit because as I was talking to the last chick, I was thinking about the fact that my daughters are going to be 13, and then they're going to be 16, and then they're going to be 18, and I'm going to have to watch that and be okay with it, truly. I'm going to have to. I'm about to fucking cut this podcast off and go give him hugs and kisses. Okay. About a month ago, I matched with a guy on Tinder. His bio said something about his dog needing a mom. What a fucking douche. I mean, obviously, right? Apparently, he had messages. He had messaged me, but I didn't see it until a month later. It was something along the lines of, writing an article on the finer things in life and wanted to know if I was up for an up-close and personal interview. That was about a week ago, so I replied apologizing for my mi- me missing the message and he ended up asking for my Snapchat and adding me there. Anyways, when I went to look him up on Facebook, I saw he was tagged in a couple photos of him and another girl and went to look at her page. Her page had them on her cover photo and married to blank. Long story, my short Long story short, my sister recognized one of her posts from the military spouse page, and I saw her Instagram had a lot of recent couple photos on them. She seems super happy with him. Well, I have been in her shoes before, and I always wished someone would have told me sooner. They are high school sweethearts. However, she also posted about her father passing away a few months ago, and I would feel horrible if I added on to that. But I would also feel really bad to her if she was left unaware. I don't know what to do. Should I tell her and let her know that her husband is on Tinder? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. The thing is, you don't know, you don't owe anything to either of them because you don't know them. What you know is a situation, and a situation is a guy is trying to fuck around on his wife who just went through the loss of her father. So, piece of shit. All right? Now it's not up to you whether or not they work it out or not. It's a It's not up to you to do anything really, but if it's going to pull your conscious, like, yeah. Yeah. And you are a little bit in you are in the situation because he's trying to fuck you. Right? I don't know, dude. All that shit. Like if we had if if we had a little bit of fucking pride, in family structure, I think it would solve a lot of problems. And I think like, like for me, all right, let's just make this about me because everything else is I'm saying like, let's make this about me so that I don't offend anybody else. If I start talking and you're not on the same page. All right. I'm not saying this is how you should be. I'm saying, this is me. The thing that makes me the most proud of myself is what I am for my family. And I know what I am for my family. I know I'm the stable wall to lean against when my family needs it. I know that I am the love when they need love. I know that I am the stability when they need stability. I know I am the answers when they're lost. I know that. I know that that's my place. And I know that the trust that it takes to get to that point I know the things that it takes to get the trust. I understand that. Like, I know what you have to do as a man in order to get to this point. Because I did it. And one of those things is, I'm not trying to stick my dick in another chick. Like, everything is a stepping stone to get to something better. So it's all decisions. The first decision is, I have this chick, and I'm not going to fuck around on this chick. And then I prove that. Right? I prove that. And then that, what that does is that makes this chick, I'm calling my wife a chick, but it's just for the metaphor. Okay. And then that chick decides he's proven to me that I can trust him. So I am going to spend my life with him. Boom. You continue on with the original basis of trust. And then through that, they are vulnerable and they open up to you and you start becoming more emotionally intelligent because you have to handle deeper issues because they're bringing up deeper issues inside them because they trust you more. So they bring up the issues, you become more emotionally intelligent because you have to in order to navigate and find solutions to these problems and therefore you become more emotionally intelligent, thus making your bond Even stronger. And then once you prove that you are the type of trustworthy, emotionally intelligent man, they go, let's have babies together because I want my babies to turn out like us. And then you get to have those babies. And it's all started back in that time where I said, I'm not going to stick my dick in something else. You guys don't fucking get that. A lot of dudes don't fucking get that. I was talking with Jordan the other day. Because we know somebody who had an affair and now they're getting a divorce and they have kids and shit. And it's just like, it's sad. And, you know, we're talking about it. And I was like, that's wild. I was like, do you know how divorced we would have to be for me to get to that point? To the point where it's like, we've put in a decade together. I'm not putting in a fucking decade for anybody else. So what that means is if I was to fuck around on you, I'm giving up the last 10 years of everything that we've grown to get pussy for 10 minutes you gotta be shitting me dude i'm getting fucking getting a little bit sidetracked on this okay let's circle off let's circle off what was the question i forgot the question all right we're gonna go to the next one this one says how can i move forward after brutal indefinitely the fuck does that mean how can i move forward after brutal indefinitely the love of my life cheated on me brutally. with You meant infidelity, didn't you? <laughs> you meant infidelity, but you wrote indefinitely. You definitely done a to spell, okay? Don't put a word in there if you don't understand the word, <laughs> or if you don't know how to spell it. I should say. The love of my life cheated on me brutally with multiple women. Well, we kind of just covered that. Time to move on. The way you move forward is you understand that not everybody's like that. Maybe you need to adjust the type of person you're attracted to because based off of your past, this this sounds like I'm blaming you. I'm just giving you answers because it's your life. You got to move forward. Change what you're attracted to. Find attraction in a different aspect of a guy. It's like the whole, it's the bad boy change, you know? Like, when, we're, when you're young, you want the bad boy, because you want a guy that's dangerous, but you can change him, you know? He's a, oh, he rides his motorcycle with no sleeves, and he smokes Marlboro cigarettes, and he's got a tattoo, which is cool, because we're 16, and he, <laughs> and he skips class, and he showed me what weed is, and he's everything that my dad hates. And that's who I want, and then it turns out no, you want aspects of that guy, but within a more mature. And anyways, change it. This is probably gonna be the last one. Scroll. Stop. I have a pretty bad media addiction. I have a pretty, this is long, that's why I leaned in. I have a pretty bad addiction to YouTube, Reddit, gaming, and Spotify, and I really just want a more normal and balanced life. I am currently 19 years old, male. I have a two-month holiday right now due to just finishing my internship at a graphic design studio for school. Really, all I have been doing the past few days is watching YouTube, scrolling Reddit, playing playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes! And Listening to music. I also bought a journal for me to write things down in but that's about the only productive thing I have done the past five days now. I realize my media addiction is mostly due to these issues I don't have any really ho- real hobbies outside my media consumption I c- currently don't have a part-time job and I don't have re- any real friends besides my girlfriend full stop Okay You don't have the ability to just sit quietly with yourself All right That's your problem, okay? Because that's all this social media shit is. And I'm speaking from experience here. You find yourself just in a hole of every moment that you have spare time, you're pulling your phone out and looking at it. A, it's addictive because it's designed to be addictive. Like, it's what it's for. It's how the developers developed it was so that you would continue to use it, right? but you don't have a part-time job and you don't have any real friends besides your girlfriend. So you have issues that need to be tackled. Or you could just jump into, media, into social media and your phone and avoid those things. You know, you got issues that need to be tackled. Might as well distract yourself and not tackle them at all, right? Wrong. Here's what I would do. This is not a joke because I'm about to do this. I'm going to go get a flip phone. The only reason I still have my smartphone is so that I could post shit about the podcast. (laughs) I would get a flip phone. Cut off all access to it. Don't stop playing Red Dead Redemption 2. It's an amazing game, but limit yourself to an hour a day. And then just see what that cleanse feels like. That Because it's going to suck, dude. You're going to feel so overwhelmingly bored for like the first week or two. Cause it's like the level of stimulation that your brain gets on a regular basis when you're just scrolling through your phone. But imagine the empowerment that you would feel once that subsides, you'd know you don't use your phone anymore. You've made that decision. And then that boredom has ceased and you have found a way to be productive and creative outside of scrolling on your phone. Like imagine how that's going to feel. Dude, I'm about to fucking do that. I feel like I should do that. like Outside of posting about the podcast and stuff, I think I'm going to do that. Just post that stuff and leave everything else off and gone. Uh, Does that mean I can't play chess anymore? Fuck. Probably. It's a pretty stimulating thing, and since it's on a phone, it's not like it's actually intelligent. It's more of a time-passing game. So, yeah. I think I'm ready to do a, a full fucking cleanse. So do a cleanse with me. What the hell in no way I yeah yeah. That's your username. What the hell in no way I yeah yeah. Okay. But just do that. Because I'm about ready to do that. Because I am also to the point where I hate the fact that. I don't like being addicted to anything. Like anything having control of me. Pisses me off. Straight up. I'm just like get the fuck out of here. But Anyways. Please give the, if you're, if you watch on YouTube, please give the video a like, um, share it or something. I don't know. Share it to your Facebook so your grandma can watch it and then review the podcast. If you're on, if you're listening on Apple podcast, go to the, just scroll down a little bit, go to the review, cl- click a review. Um, same thing on Spotify, leave us a review. It helps reviews grow the podcast and it pushes it. Um, and since I took like a whole month, hiatus all algorithms like shut me down so it's fine it's fine that's my fault and it is what it is but if you want to help me get back at it interact with the videos leave a comment just do stuff like that all right babe that was episode 99 let's go out there don't be a bummer and cheer up babe